Welcome to The Heart of Healing, the podcast where we explore the transformative power of holistic wellness and spiritual evolution. I'm Alicia, an intuitive, integrative, holistic practitioner and shaman dedicated to guiding you on a journey towards self-discovery, healing, and empowerment. Today, we embark on an exploration into the intriguing interplay between metaphysics and ethical considerations. In this episode, we aim to uncover the underlying principles, understand their impact on decision-making, and illuminate how metaphysical beliefs shape our moral compass. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button for more content and to support this project on Healing the Heart. Metaphysical ethics at its core investigates more principles that extend beyond the physical realm. By definition, ethics are moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of a particular activity. But when we dive deep into some of the fundamental concepts that underpin metaphysical ethics, we get to see two contrasting ideas. The first one is free will, right? Which is the concept that individuals possess agency and autonomy in their choices. And the contrasting concept would be determinism, which comes up with this idea that all events are predetermined. And the dichotomy of these two profoundly shape our understanding of our moral responsibility as metaphysical practitioners working with clients. When we think about it, not only do we have these two major concepts, right? Like free will versus what is predetermined. We also have this moral realism, which is the belief in objective moral truths, which posits that moral values are relative to cultural or individual perspectives, right? So metaphysically, we have these two dual ideas. And when we understand moral realism, we know that morals really do come from culture and individual perspective. That there isn't a collective moral compass. Everywhere you go, every culture you go into, you're going to find maybe strings of similarity, but you are going to find differences. And what this poses is that wherever you go, there may be a different principle that that particular healing or practitioner uses in order to serve their clients or their community. And as a client and as a practitioner, it's important for us to be clear about what our practices and what our morals and principles are. So that's a lot of words, but like, let's break it down into a couple of simple, more simpler, um, more simple concepts, right? So in Reiki, Reiki is a practice, it's a healing modality, and you have Reiki practitioners. Reiki has a set of principles, and they are, just for today I will not worry, just for today I will not anger, just for today I will be grateful for my many blessings, just for today I will do my best, and just for today I will be kind to all living things. And these are the principles that Reiki practitioners bring into their work. That is the principle, the essence, the moral compass of Reiki and thus these Reiki practitioners. Now, say that you go to somebody who is a practitioner in witchcraft or in in Wicca. Um, 
Now, I'm going to be very clear. I am not somebody who practices that or is considered a Wiccan, but I do know plenty of people who do consider themselves witches. And just a couple of points that I have found in terms of maybe some principles would be a reverence for nature, right? Wiccans view nature as sacred and believe in the divine presence within all living things. They really do believe that divine that the divine is present in nature, and so nature should also be honored and respected. Wiccans promote the belief um, the belief in personal responsibility, and and there really is this uh, encouragement to avoid causing harm to others, right? And then, of course, their practices also embraces the use of spells, rituals, and divination as tools for personal and spiritual growth. So we can already see that their principles and, and again, their ethical uh, choices, which is how they uh, conduct an activity or how it governs their behavior, is played out in these ways. Whereas if we look through the shamanic, the shamanic perspective, um, there are some principles that are also similar as well, which is practitioners consistently alter their consciousness. Um, knowledge about the practice is controlled. Uh, That we traveled three worlds, the upper world, the middle world, and the lower world. We we use and use the support of spiritual allies, such as power animals and spirit guides. We do shamanic journeying. We practice spiritual practices like extraction, soul retrieval, and psychopomp. You also have lightworker mystics who focus on the power of positivity through word, belief, and action. Right, so they are very, very much about believing in the higher power, releasing all negativity to that higher power. Right, there isn't necessarily any sort of practices that they do, other than prayer and channeling light energy. Different fields, different practices, different principles, different ethics, different code of ethics. Okay. Now, I'm sure. Like, while metaphysical ethics offer valuable insight, it doesn't come without challenges because there are critics that argue about um, how these theories, how these scenarios, how these practices can actually be applied. Some challenge the assumption of objective moral truths or question the coherence of metaphysical beliefs in guiding ethical conduct. And these debates highlight the complexity of the ongoing discourse in this field. In the field of metaphysics, there are many different practices. And so it can become very complex to create one guiding ethical practice whenever so many of us are doing so many different things. But if we apply these concepts into real life, let's let's just go back to the basics, right? If we apply some of these and real real life dilemmas, right? Like consider a situation where an individual must make a morally challenging decision. A metaf- metaphysical belief in determinism might lead one to question the individual's accountability, while belief in free will could emphasize personal responsibility. And these contrasting perspectives significantly influence how we navigate moral complexities and ethical decision making. This is just as the basis of metaphysics, but where do we also begin to consider 
training versus calling, right? Like there are many people out there who have gone through trainings and have the certifications. Um, and there are many people who just have a calling. There are many people who have a little blend of both. And where do the trainings and the calling and the guiding lines of truly not just understanding, but understanding these wisdoms, these, this, this knowledge, right? How do we determine what somebody really knows, what practices they really can practice just based off of either A, their certification, or B, their quote-unquote calling from a divine higher spirit? And where are the ethics inside of that? It becomes very complicated, right? And beyond that, there are a plethora of reasons why people reach out to metaphysical practitioners, right? This can be anywhere from just wanting a card reading to determine where you need to go in business. This could be a physical healing. This could be a life crisis and needing guidance. This could be a mentoring, a direction back into their spiritual connection with their higher power. This could be spiritual attack, mental or emotional distress, shadow work, relationship issues. I mean, the list of why people go to a metaphysical practitioner goes on and on and on and on. And where is the line where we just do all of these things? We refer them to somewhere else. We have an area of expertise, right? Because if we're working with spirit, maybe we can do all of these things. But where are the lines here between being a general practitioner and maybe being more of a focused practitioner? And how do we learn um, how to create an environment, how to create a sacred space, how to create a session that truly supports the client, mind, body, and spirit? The other thing that came up for me when I... Or, when I really talk about this with other people is what, what do we share and what needs to be experienced, right? If we're just talking about these concepts of free will and determinism, right? What do we actually share with the client and what needs to be experienced? Where is karma and deep lessons at play? And are we as practitioners taking on their karma and thus preventing them from the lessons they needed to grow? Are we feeding their need for control of the outcome or control to know everything, right? Or are we actually helping them? And where is the line? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have perfected the field of metaphysical ethics because it, it is a very challenging space to be, I think, for new practitioners and even for seasoned ones. Because sometimes it really comes down to a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and our role as practitioners, I think we are also constantly evolving in that role as well. I think also that beyond philosophical ponderings, 
spirituality and religion play pivotal roles in shaping our moral compass in general as humans, right? We grow up in societies where religion and our community really shape us into what we believe in. And sometimes these beliefs can often intertwine with metaphysical concepts, and it influences our moral values and our ethical considerations. So, for instance, like religion or religious teachings might provide a framework for understanding moral truths, and that might guide our decision-making based off of our metaphysical beliefs or even our metaphysical practices. Um... When we include business into metaphysics as well, right? When money gets involved, when we have different skill sets, when we have blood lineage in certain things, like when we all sit down together from different backgrounds, yes, we may find lines of commonality, but we are also going to find major difference in opinion based off of what was handed down to us through our lineage, family, community, religious, etc. And I personally have noticed that when money gets involved, I think this is where our moral compass can get a little confusing. Um, I've seen this in others and I have definitely seen this within myself as well because when we decide to make our metaphysical practice the the main source of our income or our main passion project how do we continue to build clientele to build trust in our community and still be able to um keep our intentions and our sessions pure Right, where some people believe that mentorships have the potential to last a very long time. Others would argue that if you have um, people that you're working on for extended, extended amounts of time, are you actually getting any work done? Right? How strong of a practitioner are you to have to hold on to, an, to a client for an extended period of time? Um, some people believe it should be a one shot and done, or maybe just a few sessions and done. Some people believe in you know, a very short period of life. And some people believe, no, you can hang on for as long as you want or need. Everybody's viewpoint is going to be different in terms of that, right? And so that can cause a lot of <laughs> ongoing conversations in terms of ethical conduct inside of this film. Understanding this metaphysical ethics extends beyond academic discussions, though. Um, I think that metaphysical ethics provides practical insights into decision-making, right? Into the decision-making process and into practitioner behavior. So by examining these concepts, individuals can gain a nuanced understanding of their own moral compass and an approach to ethical dilemmas with greater insight and sensitivity. So I think that it's very fair to say and to see that ethics inside of the metaphysical field is still 
working itself out. And I think that in order to continue to stay in alignment, that practitioners need to be very clear about their moral compass, what they believe. Do you believe in do no harm? Do you believe in karma? Do you believe in, you know, there what in the gray area in between? Like, what is it that you believe in? What is it that you are guided by? And also being clear as a client, as a person searching for a metaphysical mentor or a guide or a healer, to be in tune with what matters to you. You know, yes, somebody may have the tools to begin to remove some of the heaviness, to help guide you, to help give you clarity, to help give you, provide you with things that you're searching for. But it is important to know that ultimately you are a sovereign being. You do have authority over your life. And to align with a practitioner that has similar, a similar moral compass to you is going to be so beneficial to you. And likewise, maybe trusting a practitioner who maybe could provide you with additional insight, something that's a little out of your comfort um, may also be helpful. <laughs> so again, this, 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 this thing can become extremely complex, um, which is why at the end of the day, what we really want to do is make sure that we're constantly anchoring into our connection to the divine and, and into our intuition. But to continue this episode, I wanted to kind of share some major concepts that I share with um, my fellow seekers, right? People that come to me who are looking for a mentor, and I just kind of share with them my own experiences. So I love to always just make sure that people know, like, this is not the one and only way, okay? This is just my experience that I would like to share with the world and these perspectives these perspectives are mostly through my work as uh, as a shaman okay but first and foremost a self check in in terms of ethical things is extremely important i personally have been known to deny clients and to leave practices because i or the people around me are not spiritually well and spiritual well-being can have major effects on our mental, emotional, and eventually physical health. And it's our responsibility, I believe, as practitioners to continuously make sure that we are doing the work on ourselves. Otherwise, we could put our families or our clients at risk. And, and at risk can simply mean, simply, right? Deciphering, incorrectly deciphering our own intuition. Okay, or projecting our own realities or fear onto a client rather than giving them clear guidance or direction from their own higher self. Or something even more severe, as those called to entity work. Taking on an entity rather than relocating it because we haven't done the rituals, cleansing, or shadow work required to keep ourselves at our highest vibration for the greatest and highest good and to the harm of none can be detrimental to our clients and to ourselves to our families, to our friends. I have seen some of the most brilliant entity workers fall because of how just extremely intricate this, this specific kind of work is. Um, 
So checking in and really making sure that the aura is clean, that the mindset and the emotions are relatively balanced and in check, that the cords are cut, that the hucha or the heaviness in our field is removed, that the entities, whether they are inner or <laughs> external, right, that they are in check. Not in check as in controlled, but that you are constantly doing the shadow work to find out where your weaknesses, where your vulnerabilities are. And um, yeah, not overdoing it, not overdoing work. I mean, it, even in my own experience, in my own life, it has affected me and my ability to show up in my human life, in my life as Alicia, right? Um, yeah it has affected my ability to show up in my humanity because of spiritual imbalances due to the nature of of this work um this also means just making sure that we're taking care of our physical vessel to our best ability right like we want to be sure that we are checking in mind body spirit emotions okay that beautiful medicine wheel i think another ethical practice that i think is important is the concept of portals right a lot of people and even myself at the beginning of my practice can like open these portals and then forget to close them out and so now we have multiple portals going on inside of many spaces um so if you want to invite some ethical things in order to make your practice safer and a little more mindful, I would highly suggest that when you open up a sacred space at the end of it, that you close it. Okay. This, for those that may be find themselves drained or maybe find that there's constantly something going on, Um, there may be some portals open in your house. So there may be spiritual energies or entities that keep coming through these portals because maybe you opened one during a session and then forgot to close it out. This can also, these portals can also follow your client's home if you're not careful. Okay. Um, Cleansing your environment is going to be helpful to creating a space that is clear and neutral for spiritual or energy work to be done. So however you find it easiest or most effective, I would prefer to say, to cleanse your space, whether it's through clapping or music or prayer or sage or, right? Like, again, because this field is so complex and it is going to be based off of your belief systems, what you believe is true and what works best for you, I just highly recommend that... um, Cleansing is a regular practice that is implemented into into your day-to-day, right? It becomes a ritual. It becomes a lifestyle um, in whatever, whatever modality fits you the best. Um, these just few things that I'm offering are the main points. I think a self-check-in is going to be the most powerful thing that you can do. When you're checking in with yourself, when you're asking, how do I feel? What do I need to do? Do I need to take a spiritual bath? Your intuition is going to guide you in terms of how to bring you back into a harmonized state, how to bring you back into a place where you can show up as your best self. 
So please, if there's anything that I, if there's any message that I could give to the world, it is whether you're a practitioner that helps other people or whether you are just a mystic who enjoys messing around with magic, um, these rules also apply to you as well because you are the practitioner and you are the client, right? You're just facilitating these things for yourself, whereas other others may be facilitating it also for other people. So just continue to check in, see how you're feeling, see what's working, see what's not working, cleanse yourself, close your portals, and um, yeah, that feels accurate for me today. In conclusion, we've merely scratched the surface, right, of this vast and intricate field. And I really encourage you to explore further and engage in discussion and seek to deepen your understanding of metaphysical ethics. In today's episode, we discussed ethical practices in holistic healing. We talked about some basic ethical principles in metaphysics like free will and determinism. We talked about how metaphysical practitioners based off of different lineages and cultures are going to have different principles by which they practice and live by. And we also talked about some guidelines for practitioners to ensure a safe and responsible healing environment, like checking in with self, opening and closing your portals, and also cleansing yourself and your environment. In our next episode, we are going to be talking about how to refine our intuitive skills. We're going to explore various techniques, exercises, and practices aimed at refining our intuition. And we're going to talk about how to develop a stronger connection to oneself and to others. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to uncover profound insights into holistic healing, intuitive development, and ethical practices for healers. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to access these enlightening conversations. And before we conclude, I'd like to extend an invitation to you. If you resonated with today's discussion and are seeking guidance or support on your healing journey, I'm here for you. At www.aliciadunlevy.com, you'll find a link to schedule with me. I am dedicated to providing compassionate and ethical healing practices that honor the mind-body-spirit and providing a deep support system for those who are starting their healing journey, their practice, or even for those who are continuing to enhance the practices that are already healing the world one person at a time. Have a wonderful day.